You're listening to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. Here are your hosts, Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin. Hello and welcome to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry here with my co-host, Jeff Griffin, in chilly, chilly, snowy Park City. We are in Park City, Utah, a town that is world famous, also a town that draws about 3 million visitors per year. And we're going to let you know why. There's two main reasons we're going to talk about. There's a lot of reasons, but two main ones we're going to talk about today. The Sundance Film Festival and, of course, skiing. You know, this is a town that has not one, not two, but three resorts in the top ten, according to the readers of Ski Magazine. They know what they're talking about. All three resorts are in the top ten. And all three resorts are just over a half an hour from the Salt Lake City International Airport. It's a total contrast than going to someplace like Denver where you get in a car and then drive literally three hours to get to one of the resorts. Quick hop on, hop off, and they'll even reward you for it. Do you know why? I think if you show them a plane ticket, they will let you ski free that day. That's right. Park City will let you ski for free the same day with your boarding pass. You have to register at parkcity.com, I believe, or visit Park City. And then you get to use your boarding pass and ski for free. So you want to take an early morning flight, get up here, get on the slopes, and a free ticket at any of the resorts. If you want more information on that, we'll have contact information for Park City and their website on our website, travelbrigade.com. You can check it out there. Skiing is just one reason this town is such a huge draw. The other is the Sundance Film Festival. We love Sundance. We come almost every year to Sundance. We get our tickets. We stand in line. We watch the celebrities. We bump our way into parties. We get free swag. It's amazing. It's sort of like if the NBA decided, hey, we're going to go hold a tournament with all our best teams in a small town. Or if a bunch of rock groups got together and decided, hey, we're going to go hold a festival in a small town. It's like that except with movies. It is such a great place to be. There's no excuse. It's 10 days long. There's plenty of time for you to pick up tickets, stand by, go see movies, pick up swag, hit celebrity parties, and do everything you can to enjoy the Sundance and the Sundance spirit here in Park City. And when you're not on the slopes or at the movies, there's a ton of great restaurants, spas, hotels, clubs. We're going to talk about those. Park City is kind of unique as a ski town because there's a lot of places where you can go skiing where they said, hey, this is a great mountain with great snow. Let's put up a ski place. And, oh, wait, yeah, people are going to want to eat. People are going to want a place to sleep. Park City sort of did it in reverse. It was a mining town, and then the skiing came along. So they already had all this infrastructure. They already had a cool downtown. I'm going to talk about all the things you can do off the slopes or outside the movie theater. So we've got so many interviews to get to today. We're going to talk to Park City Mountain Resort. We're going to talk to somebody from Deer Valley, the Canyons. We're going to talk to our good friend Ted Scheffler, who is a food critic for the local paper City Weekly. Talk about all the great dining here in Park City. But before we can get to all of that, we first have to do... Hot Topics and Travel. Stay tuned. You're listening to Travel Brigade. You can follow us on Twitter at Travel Brigade, like us on Facebook, or check us out at TravelBrigade.com. We'll be right back. What's hot? What's not? What's trendy? Next up, this week's picks for travel news and hot topics in travel. Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry here with my co-host Jeff Griffin in the beautiful, snowy Park City. 
And it's time for Hot Topics in Travel, and unfortunately, I have to bring up a dire national crisis that America is facing. (laughs) What is that? It's the vacation day deficit. What? Forget the national debt. We are running a vacation day debt. Forget the fiscal cliff. We're running, we have already gone off the vacation day cliff. Why? Now, we've talked before on this program about how Americans who get very few vacation days compared to most industrialized nations, they don't use even the small number of vacation days they have. They don't use them all. And we have talked about, I think that's very, very wrong. I, for one, am outraged. But, <laughs> for example, a recent study by Expedia, they found that Americans get 12 days on average, but only take 10 of them. What is wrong with you people? Millions of innocent vacation days being left to die. You people. I shouldn't be talking to our audience like that. Our audience, obviously, are travelers. So you people need to spread the word to your friends. Yes. We're we're preaching to the choir here. Yes, that's true. I didn't (laughs) think about it that way. (laughs) Yeah. Well, here's, here's something interesting, though, I found. This was a study by ADECO Staffing. They found that a lot of times people are actually taking vacation days but not calling them vacation days. What are they calling them? They're calling them sick days. They're calling them bereavement days. For example, 27% of workers claim that they have taken a sick day and actually used it as a vacation day. Well, actually, I've done that. But when my grandmother died, then my grandfather died, then my aunts and uncles and cousins, when everybody in my family pretty much was deceased, (laughs) they stopped believing me. Right. Well, this is the thing. That, Just kidding. They're all alive. But what I'm saying is I've well, used yeah, every excuse in the book. Well, yeah. If 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 you say, hey, I'm going out of town, see you guys, <laughs> you get a different reaction sometimes than when you say, oh, my grandmother just died. Well, or true. Or, oh, I'm, I'm feeling really sick today. I can't come in. People feel resentful, yeah. I think, that you're going on vacation and they're not. But I would, I would say this. I would just warn you about two things. One is don't become the boy who cried wolf. We've all we've all worked with that person where when they call in sick, you're just like, yeah, right, because they've done it so many times before. The other thing, and I know this from personal experience, is there's a karma to sick days. If you claim one when you weren't really sick, they come back to bite they you. come back and you end up getting sick on a day when you can't on really like take the weekend. off. Yeah, yeah, or something like that. But I would also say I would encourage you to do this since we are preaching to travelers. Here's the way to get around that. If if you're in one of those work environments where people aren't encouraged to take vacation, encourage your boss and coworkers to take their vacations and tell them, hey, if there's anything I need, you need help covering while you're gone or anything, I'm here for you. That's this so does, nice. This does two things. One, it changes that whole atmosphere in your office to make it more pro-vacation. Very good. I'm all pro-vacation. It shows people that you're a team player. Mm-hmm. And when you go on vacation, those people will then be ready to, you know, help you out. I was thinking, as we were talking about this, we should start one of those uh, change.org, like a petition (laughs) to get people to take their vacation days. Well, doesn't... doesn't I mean, I know it doesn't really go up with serious matters like medical things and really good political things, but it's a serious matter. Well, the Declaration of Independence says life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness... And doesn't traveling make you happy? Makes me so happy. (laughs) So it is your right. Make sure you're using your vacation days. (laughs) Very good. Up next. We're going to talk with Andy Miller from Park City Mountain Resort. It is such a great resort. We spent a lot of time there. 
uh, during the winter. We love it. There's lots of fun things to do, and Andy's going to tell us all about it right after this. You're listening to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. We'll be right back. You're listening to Travel Brigade with Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin. You can follow them on Twitter, like them on Facebook, and check out their website at TravelBrigade.com. Welcome back to Travel Brigade. This is Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin doing one of our favorite cities, Park City. And let's head over to one of our favorite resorts, the oldest ski resort in Park City, the first one there, Park City Mountain Resort. These guys are right there, so close to downtown Park City, so close to Main Street that they have a lift going right into Main Street. Here to tell us more about it is Andy Miller. Welcome, Andy. Hi, Andy. Hey, guys. Great to be with you. Thanks so much for coming with us today and talking about your great resort. Uh, We're talking all about Park City today. There's so much to do up there. And, of course, we wanted to include you as the Mecca Center there at Park City Mountain Resort. Tell us a little bit about the resort. I know Ski Magazine just recently came out with these amazing rankings in Park City. It's the destination to be to this winter. That's right. That's right. We are, uh, you know, a, we, uh, a world-class sort of destination uh, resort. We're open year-round, but certainly we focus our bread and butter is kind of the winter season with skiing and snowboarding here and, and all the great Utah snow we get. And we were uh, honored tremendously by the readers of Ski Magazine this year. Uh, this season we're ranked uh, number four overall of, of all resorts in North America, and uh, we were also honored as the number one resort for access in North America uh, we think there are a lot of things that go into that, but, but two of the big reasons being, A, our proximity to uh, an international airport in Salt Lake City. We're just a 35-minute drive away. Right. And then, as you guys mentioned at the top there, uh, our town lift, which uh, can connect people who are shopping or eating or even staying uh, on Main Street directly onto the mountain. We have a chairlift that loads right on the bottom of our historic Main Street here in Park City, and it gets people up to the mountain. Well, come on, Andy, uh, or drinking, or drinking. We know we were just talking about High West off the air. That is such a fun place to go. It's a distillery right there on Main Street, and it's just really fun. You can actually eat, shop, and drink, and then go up to the ski resort. Uh, Another fun. As far as I know, the the world's only ski-in-ski-out whiskey distillery. That's right. Pretty amazing. We've also had a lot of fun at Devanza's Pizzeria right there, and you'll see people, just guys just coming right off the mountain with their snowboards, with their skis, walking in there, bumming change off each other to get enough <laughs> to buy a slice, and then heading right back out. And it's fun that you can just you can experience the town and then just right up on the mountain right away. It's a really cool atmosphere, I think. kind of really creates that funky ski town atmosphere, uh, and yeah, I love it. What can skiers expect when they come to Park City Mountain Resort? You know, we've got uh, something just about for, for any taste. We've got uh, 114 runs around the mountain, uh, nine bowls. We've got four terrain parks this year. Uh, and uh, so, you know, whether it's whether you really want to come out and get a nice groomer, get some corduroy in the morning, uh, get up to our Jupiter lift area, which is kind of more of an, a, a kind of a backcountry feel, but it's inside the, you know, it's within the boundaries of the resort, so it's a place that's patrolled and and uh, and snow controlled, uh, you know, every day. Um, or, you know, you, you or your kids want to get over into the terrain park and try that out, some of the jumps and features and stuff like that in there. Uh, we've got something for, for just about everybody here, including, uh, you know, when you feel like popping out of your skis or snowboard at the end of the day, we've got a couple of really cool rides right in the base area, our uh, Alpine Coaster and our Flying Eagle Zipline. They are so fun, really and, cool. and I have to admit, you know this, I, I've told you my secret, I'm a California girl. 
as much as I love hanging in Park City and being on and near the ski resorts, I limit my time actually on the slopes. <laughs> right? Well, you know, that's one of the cool things about town here is that you don't have to be a skier or a snowboarder to have fun in, in, in Park City. There's so many things going on. And one other uh, sort of non-ski activity we should mention that, that is run by your resort is the uh, Gorgoza Tubing Hill. That's right. Exactly right. Just a few miles away from uh, from where we are here at the resort, seven lift-served and lit tubing lanes. It goes from about noon to 8 or 1 to 8 uh, in the evening, depending on, on the day of the week. But we've got uh, we've got the tubing lanes out there. We've got uh, Learn to Ski and Snowboard Hill. We've got mini snowmobiles for uh, the younger kids. And for the very younger kids, we've got a neat area called Fort Frosty where they can kind of climb around and, and play. But there's uh, the, the tubing lanes are a blast, even for adults. It's like all the best part of it without having yeah. to do anything. <laughs> you know, when I was a yeah. kid, you, well, you would tube to the bottom of the hill, then you had to haul it back up. Yeah, Here you like don't twice. have to. You yeah. <laughs> Here you just keep going and going. So it's it's really fun. We've got uh, Sundance coming up here soon, the Sundance mm-hmm. Film Festival there in Park City. How does that affect uh, your resort? Do you see a lot of stars coming out to ski? Do you guys get crowded? People are still on the hills after they've seen a film? You know, you can see, uh, if you if you look closely enough, everybody's kind of bundled up usually at that time of year. But, uh, yeah, you'll see some familiar faces kind of walking through the base area or maybe at one of the on-mountain restaurants. I certainly saw some last year. It's always a very... Uh, interesting time of year here in town. Uh, the, the, the population kind of swells. The bus stops are all overflowing with people getting from one film screening to another. The the secret, the inside secret, is it's actually a great time to get out on the mountain because the lift lines are pretty short. Oh, right, because uh, everyone's yeah. doing everything else. Yeah. <laughs> you know, hotels, condos, all the lodging here is booked solid. But a good number of the people in town, you know, are here for the films and and not necessarily for the the uh, to get out on the mountain. So if you can get up here, if you've got a connection, someone with a, a couch or a bed that you can crash on, or you're just coming up for the day, it's a great time to get out on the mountain. You know, we've gotten a lot of snow by then, and uh, uh, and the lift lines are pretty short. And it is a crazy time up there. I mean, I, I try and explain to people how fun and crazy Sundance is. And I just say, if you're really out looking for somebody, just follow the paparazzi, because they always spot them way before <laughs> right. the average eye on the street. That's right. It, it, it congests things a little bit, but if, if you are in town during that time, it's fun to get out on the Main Street at, le- at least one, one evening and just kind of see everything going on out there. And you never know, like you guys said, uh, what, what famous face you may come across. If people want to know more about Park City Mountain Resort, one of the great programs you guys have is the Snow Mamas, where they can hop online mm-hmm. and find out uh, what people are thinking about the resort, what they're doing. Tell us a little bit more about that program. We started Snow Mamas uh, a few years ago uh, with the idea of families, the the whole concept behind it is families sharing advice for planning a a family ski trip, whether it's to Park City or or anywhere. Uh, That can be kind of a, a daunting task. Uh, especially if you're going to a place that you know a town that you're unfamiliar with and you're not sure you know which restaurants you should make reservations at uh what hotel is close to the mountain what I should have in my kids pockets when I send them off to ski school uh so we started the snow mamas group and it's a a blog you can find them at snowmamas.com uh and they also have a very active facebook page and we we get a new set of bloggers every season who are moms and dads uh, and deal with these issues, and they share uh, blog posts, advice, reflections, 
on everything about planning a, a ski trip. Whether and, it's, and it's like actually said, some really interesting stuff. I've actually read it myself, being a mama myself. But um, right? I've had the kids, our kids, up there at the Park City Mountain Resort doing snowboarding lessons and some ski lessons, yeah. and just information about like whether or not you should tip your instructor. If so, what's protocol? I mean, just just sort of things that you don't write in a brochure, you know, I mean, all those other yeah. little tips that are really fun. Because there's a lot going on there, you know, what kind of uh, what kind of camera sh- is best to capture my family's day on the mountain, what should I leave my ki- in my kids' pockets when they go to ski school, all that sort right. of little stuff. Uh, they, they write these blog posts, they answer questions that other people post onto the website. It's become a really engaged, active, uh, really fun sort of online community. Uh, and it's been great to watch it blossom over the years. That's great. Andy, thank you so much for spending time with us. Again, our whole show today ends on Park City. Park City Mountain Resort is the central hub there in Park City when it comes to skiing and having a great time there. Well, thank you, guys. It was so much fun talking with you. You're listening to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. We'll be right back. Not sure where to go, what to do, and where to sleep? Up next, hot hotels, unique activities, and top attractions in our destination city. Check it out. Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin talking to you about Park City. One other thing, just reminder, free skiing, like we talked about before. Free skiing and fantastic films at the Sundance Film Festival. Free skiing and fun films. There you go. Ah. (laughs) Now, we're going to tell you a little bit about uh, the films and how to get into them and, and seeing the films is great and being there when they do, you know, Q&A sessions with the directors and the actors are but there. But I don't think people know what that is. If you have never been to Sundance, let's let's keep it simple. Not only do you see films, but you have the actors there, the directors there, and most of the time after the movie, they actually stand up and do a Q&A, a question and answer session. So you actually get to hear things about the show. You get to see some of the people. So, I mean, I don't think people who haven't experienced that whole Sundance thing even know that part of it. And the films are great, but really half, if not more than half, is just the fun of being in Park City while it's going on, particularly that first weekend. It is a cray-cray time. Everyone in Park City is running around. It is very different. So if you've been to Park City not during Sundance, it's kind of a different vibe. If you come during Sundance, you will definitely see the L.A. invasion. If you come on that first weekend, I would encourage you come early to get a parking space. Once you have a parking space somewhere in town, it's really easy to get around on the buses. They're running constantly, and there's people standing out, volunteers standing out there telling you, oh, take this here, go there. But what you have to do is walk up and down Main Street. Set aside a good couple of hours for it. That's true. There are several things while you're walking up and down Main Street. One thing for sure is the swag. That's true. I make it my goal every year at Sundance never to buy any winter clothing for the rest of the year. So barring a jacket, I actually usually end up coming home with several hats, gloves, scarves, pretty much everything I need to get through my winter holidays. And I also make sure I have enough for the kids so I don't have to buy them gloves either. <laughs> I say our our children have never known store-bought winter gear. <laughs> They're like the kids at school. They show up and they've got like HBO beanies on. And whoever's like if Volkswagen is sponsoring, they got Volkswagen gloves, Adobe scarves. We will use our children to advertise whatever products you so desire. Give us free clothes for our kids, and we'll do just about anything. And the other thing when you're walking up and down Main Street, of course, is the seeing the stars. And it's sort of not like you're going to all of a sudden walk by Tom Cruise or something, but... That's not 
true. You do. I, I I could start listing all the people I've seen. You actually do. I run into Jack Black. I've run into like a whole bunch of people there, and you do see him walking up and down the street. Well, you're more observant than I. Well, that's your but, Jeff. Okay. Jeff, Jeff doesn't well, know what a celebrity tard looks like. Okay. So here's here's the thing. Yeah, if you're Kathleen and you can spot these people easily, and you're up on your pop culture. You have then, to read like a OK magazine or yeah. something, and you're good to go. However, if you're like me, a pop culture idiot, <laughs> or or somebody who's just kind of stumbling around on their own, not aware of their surroundings, here's what you do: you just watch and see where crowds appear, or there's paparazzi up and down Main Street, oh, that's and you true. just and you just go where they go. And that, that's really true. That, that's always what I tell the telltale new, newcomers: is that. You follow the paparazzi. If the paparazzi will spot, it doesn't matter if they're wearing dark glasses and a parka, they will spot P. Diddy on the street. Yeah, so keep keep an eye out for the stars. Now, another thing to keep an eye out for is there's all sorts of different organizations like Film, Film New York or different directors' organizations that have their own houses along Park City. They rent out bars or restaurants and develop their own house there. And you go in and... You, and sometimes they'll have seminars going on. Sometimes you'll be able to talk with people. Sometimes they'll have free booze. <laughs> and so there's always sort of a lot of things going on that way. One of the big questions everybody always has is if you're already at Sundance and you haven't gotten your tickets, how do you get tickets at this point? There's a couple of ways. One, the box office opens every day, usually 8 o'clock. I haven't checked the, lo- the time for this year, but usually 8 o'clock. People that turn their tickets in or new availability comes up. You can buy tickets that way. You also can wait list. And what that means is that you actually go to the film that you want to. You go a certain time, which is what this year? This year you need to go two hours ahead of time and show up and claim a, they will give you a line ticket that shows what number you are in line. So it could go anywhere from like 1 to 20 to 1 to 100. Right. And then you can go away, go get something to eat, go walk up and down Main Street or go wherever you want. But you have to come back 30 minutes before the film starts and get back in line. And then it's basically just if there are seats available. Because a lot of times there's industry people that they've set aside tickets for that that end up not going or things like that. Your chances of getting in vary with when and where you're seeing the film. And, yes, how big the theater is. Like for the big theaters like Eccles Auditorium, there's a lot, you know, a lot of people that get in. Some of them are pretty small and intimate. You might only get a few people in. So to weigh that out when you look at the Sundance Guide, you can see how many people they seat. And you do have to pay cash for your ticket. Fifteen bucks. Yeah, you got to have cash on hand. Now, there are different times where you're going to find much better availability. If you try to go during the first weekend, those are going to be really pretty packed. Especially the primetime movies, you know, in the afternoon and evenings in Park City. However, another little insider tip, there's plenty of movies also in the Salt Lake Valley. They're a little bit easier to get into than, than Park City proper. So you have a choice between both of those areas. It's like seeing any other movie. If you're trying to go Friday night at 7 o'clock, there's going to be a crowd. If you can finagle it so you can show up Wednesday at noon, you're you're probably a lot better chance to get in. Also, if you can finagle yourself an 8 o'clock in the morning movie, everyone's been up partying all night long, better chance of getting in. Good point. Two other great tips. One, sometimes they add movies. So, so do check with the box office. Sometimes there'll be a, like a really popular movie or they'll have a screening that doesn't have a name on it. They'll add a really popular movie in that slot, so you might luck out. 
Also, towards the end of the festival, they have blank award winners, and they don't really know who they are because they wait till the awards go, but if you buy like the ticket for the award-winning documentary, you don't know what you're going to get, but most likely you'll get a good show. Definitely. One thing we talked a little bit about before with Andy with Park City Mountain Resort was that there's not a lot of people out skiing during Sundance. It's, it's actually a great time to try to hit the slopes. We're going to talk next with Canyons Resort. We're going to be talking with Kaylin Richardson, a two-time Olympian, who you can actually arrange to ski with when you go there. Stay tuned. You're listening to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. We'll be right back. You're listening to Travel Brigade with Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin. You can follow them on Twitter, like them on Facebook, and check out their website at TravelBrigade.com. Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry here with my co-host Jeff Griffin talking about snowy Park City and particularly the canyons. As we've talked about before, all three of the Park City resorts made Ski Magazine's top 10 this year. Canyons came in at number 10, and we called them and we said, we want an expert on canyons. We want somebody who's a two-time Olympian. We want somebody who's the star of a Warren Miller film. We want somebody who is the ambassador of skiing. And so they came. And we won't take any less. We will not take any less. And they sent us Kaylin Richardson. Welcome, Kaylin. Hello, Kaylin. Oh, thank you guys so much. Those were some, that was pretty tall order. I'm glad that I, <laughs> I fit the whole Well, luckily, yeah. Together. I mean, you fit the bill, so we're good to go. Tell us a little bit about yourself. You're right now in the middle of, she's in L.A., out of Utah, because she's at the premiere of these great Warren Miller films, who she's, she's doing some of the skiing in those films. Tell us a little bit about that. So, Flow State is Warren Miller's 63rd film, and Canyons actually stars in a segment, and because I'm attached to them, lucky me, I got to be featured in the film. So I've gone all across the country, and it's been such a privilege and such a pleasure because I get to tell people about Canyons. And as you guys said, in Park City, we've got three great resorts, but a lot of times Canyons people don't really remember, but it seems like especially this fall there's been this great buzz about Canyons, you know, all this validation because in 2010 they started this whole recreation um, really trying to make a lot of improvements of the ski area and really make it, uh, you know, a four-season destination. And, you know, Sea Magazine named it the top ten. Outside Magazine named it number four. And with the Warren Miller segment, I get to go around and just show people and tell them. But I really say that you have to see the movie because uh, action speaks so much louder than words. And after, you know, the segment goes, they come out as they leave and they just say, oh, i got to get there. Yeah, I mean, everyone will say Canyon's also made the largest jump with Ski Magazine as far as, you know, where they were ranked before. And I think that just goes to show, you know, all the effort that's being put there. Tell us, for a first-time person coming to the Canyons, what what are the attractions as far as being on the slopes? I mean, you've skied everywhere in the world. What's so great about the Canyons? So Canyons is Utah's largest resort, which a lot of people don't know. It's got 4,000 skiable acres. So, honestly, there is something for everyone. I would say that first-timers, uh, that come to the ski area. They've got all these great mountain hosts dispersed through the whole area. So at any point, if you're not sure where you want to go or you need a little advice, you can just flag one of them down. Uh, but for me, if someone's never been there before, I'd say that Canyons is built up of all these little neighborhoods. So it kind of depends on the ski conditions. It kind of depends on what you enjoy. Um, I would probably go up the Orange Bowl Express, which was North America's first heated and closed chairlift. I was just going to say that, that's great. That's the number one thing that stands out for me is keeping my behind warm. Butt is warm, we are happy. 
Yes, exactly. If it's a really blustery day, I might just loop on that and do Silverado Bowl and Docks Run, and there's some great skiing off of that. Um, you know, if it's tree skiing and it's a big powder day, I'd probably go right over to 9990 and wait at the chairlift for the avalanche okay to go up. And that's a total expert area. So if you go up 9990, you kind of want to be comfortable in the powder, comfortable in uh, non-groomed runs. But there's no place better. Steep, long, powdery runs. And then at the end of the day, one of my favorite places to go is Super Condor Express which is the far north side of the ski area. And it's a great place to finish up where these great cruisers. There's a run called Apex Ridge, which I call my show-off run, because <laughs> it's right under the chairlift. So it's always groomed in perfect condition, and you can just do these big sweeping GS and Super G turns down. And if you are good enough, you can kind of look at the top of your goggles and see if people are looking at you. <laughs> Speaking of which, they have a great ski beach there, which actually has lifeguard towers and things where you can hang out and uh, just watch people come down the run, get a drink, whatever you want to do. Uh, exactly. Ski beach is so much fun because at the end of the day, especially when it's beautiful and sunny, which many times Utah is, they've got these lawn chairs and you can just sit out there. And it's right at the foot of Docks Run, which brings you right into the resort village. So you can sit there with some friends, chat. But also what I like to do is, at the end of the day, there's a lot of skiing to be had, and I don't, I'm not sure I encourage this, but sometimes you'll see some pretty funny people ski down looking very tired. Hopefully <laughs> no one falls, but you can check out the outfits. I always think that skiing looking good is half the battle, so you can just check out and see how your outfit is measuring, how it's measuring up and all that kind of thing. And Canyons, one of the big parts of their recreation was really improving the on-mountain cuisine. That was something that was very important to them, and I think they've really succeeded. I would say that the caliber of skiing is reflected in the food and how great the food is because, you know, we're all really used to getting, like, the boiled hot dog or the rubbery hamburger. <laughs> and now, you can get, yeah, exactly, you can get flatbread pizza on the mountain at 10,000 feet. You can get oh, fresh wow. salad and, you know, pretty much anything you could want. And it's we not love dining the there. We've yeah. been to, uh, you know, to the new slopes that's at the Waldorf. We've, we went, the bistro, bistro is amazing. There's just so many great places to eat there as well. And, you know, mountainside, it's the food. I, I would agree with you with Talisker owning it. They, they really step up when it comes to the food. And that's the way I look at it too, because if you're, it's a bit of an investment to go skiing. And I think that Canyons, one of their credos and one of their missions that I really feel is important is they want to make it a special experience. They don't want one part of your day to sort of tarnish the rest of it. So if you're going to have great skiing, amazing conditions, and you go in and have a, a subpar meal, that can, forgive the term, but that can leave a bad taste in your mouth. <laughs> so I would say that uh, to have an ex like this special experience that's memorable that you'll take home and remember for all year round and want to come back to, I think that it's, uh, they definitely succeed in doing that. Well, one thing, talking about how big the resort is, not only the expansion for food and the lifts, I mean, the hotels there, there's accommodations there that have expanded as well. There's a new Hyatt there. There's the Silverado. There's all these great resorts, including one of our favorites, which I can already tell you the jealousy, the green jealousy monsters coming out. You got to live at the Waldorf Astoria for three months. How amazing is that? <laughs> the Ultimate Mountain gig was every retired athletes dream so many athletes struggle with their post-competition season right because there's a little bit of that you know you don't have that afterglow especially <laughs> like me where people don't really necessarily remember what I did in ski racing <laughs> so I I applied and it was one of those things when someone first told me about it 
I didn't believe them because most things that seem too good to be true actually are. <laughs> and when it was you, you, three months of staying at the Waterf Astoria, skiing every day, I just said, this is a joke. This can't be true because my friend actually found it, I think, just posted online somewhere. Oh, really? So I submitted my little two-minute video pleading with them to choose me. And lo and behold, I got chosen. And if you guys remember, two years ago, it was just an epic snow season and Let's just say that I was not having pangs of regret leaving the World <laughs> Cup. I was very, very happy to be in uh, Park City and at Canyons uh, specifically. And, you know, the Waldorf has got to be, I mean, it's one of our favorites there in Park City. Well, and it, I would say that we've stayed there for like two or three days at a time. And we didn't want to leave and, then. <laughs> and, well, and, and it was one of those things where the service is such that even if you've just been there for two or three days, you leave and you've forgotten how to do things for yourself. So I can imagine after three months, you had totally forgotten how to take care of anything. <laughs> oh, it, that's exactly correct. It's it's one of those things where it, there are many nice hotels out there, but the Waldorf, the hallmark of their, you know, their experience is that service. They're very service-oriented. service, service oriented. Well, they'll do anything for you. And finally, I just had to tell them, I'm not really a guest here, just because they wanted to clean my room every day. And I said, it's not necessary. It's wasteful. But what I did do is they would knock on the door every day, but I started to get to know them by name. And they would say, Kaylin, do you need anything? And I'd say no. And then finally, after I think about the second weekend, they just knock on the door and have like a little pile of cho- like the chocolates, you know, the turned out chocolates. And they would hey, that's just the best part anyway. the chocolates. And yeah, and they have a good night. And so no, we that just was went very up to fun. the uh, the slopes restaurant that they just re, you know rebranded up there and it was so good we had some really great food and then um the golden door spa was just amazing i had a great time there just just recently so i mean they really everything at the waldorf is just a step above and it's just so beautiful and so understated it's not that sort of you know experience i think some people think they're going to get when they go to a waldorf but it's just so understated and so uh wonderful at the same time and when you walk out the front door you're just like what is it, less than 50 yards from the chairlift? Exactly. It's right outside your door, and it's very unpretentious. Exactly. You think of the Waldorf Astoria, and you think you're going to come across a bunch of people who are like, mm, well, I love staying at the Waldorf Astoria. It's <laughs> fantastic. And it's not all that you, especially the staff there, they love skiing. They eat, breathe, sleep skiing. So I think that they are definitely invested on making it the best possible experience for every every single guest. And I definitely have to go in with a grain of salt saying I will never live in this much luxury in my whole life because <laughs> I, unless I win the lottery, um, being in the ski industry, it's what I love, but I don't think that I'll be living in any Waldorf anytime soon. Hey, if we all win the lottery, <laughs> we'd all move into the Waldorf up there. It's, it's amazing. Hey, Caitlin, thank you so much for spending time with us today and telling us about the canyons. Um, if you want more information, please look up our website, travelbrigade.com. We'll have contact for the canyons, how you can get tickets, information on lodging, um, all sorts of great stuff. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. Oh, thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. It's fun, and I hope to see you guys out on the mountain. <laughs> Very good. You're listening to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel destination show. We'll be right back. Questions or comments for the Travel Brigade? Tweet them at Travel Brigade.
Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry here with my co-host, Jeff Griffin. And we are in Park City, Utah, where the skiing is fantastic. You just heard from two-time Olympian Kaylin Richardson. And one thing we kind of touched on but wanted to make clear is that she is one of several world-class athletes that you can actually sign up to spend a day with. They'll take you out on the slopes, teach you, take you around to the best runs, all that sort of thing. If you want more information, go to our website, TravelBrigade.com. We'll have information about where you can contact Canyons. You know, if I booked it with her, we'd be probably sitting at the Kitty Hill all day long. But it would still be fun. <laughs> well, wouldn't you sit at the Kitty Hill for about, I don't know, half the day and then go to the Waldorf? Yes, I'm still sitting here with like green of jealousy that Kaylin got to live there for three months. That hotel is amazing. And I... I'm just going to pack my bags and move in there tomorrow. Whether it's the Waldorf or not, that does bring us to the point that you're going to need a place to stay while you're in Park City. And right, the Waldorf, as I said, I'm happy to move in there tomorrow. It's a great place to stay right there at the canyons. Good food, good spa, very, very nice, elegant, like we said, understated, gorgeous, nice Waldorf story. I love it. And there are several other options there at the canyons resort for, for great places to stay. A place I really love is the St. Regis over at Deer Valley. It starts when you drop your car off and you write up a funicular. Look it up. It's basically a funicular. <laughs> it's basically <laughs> it's basically a car on a track that moves up the mountain, and you're overlooking Park City as you move up the mountain. And then you go up there, and yes, it's a St. Regis, so it's fabulous. It's got great service and everything, but it's also got this beautiful ski beach up there. It's a great place to hang out. You even if you're really, not, even if you're not staying there. I was going to say we have stayed at the St. Regis a few times, but what, what, you know, it calls to us because even when we don't stay there, we take the funicular up, and we have their Bloody Mary drink or one of their great desserts, just for the experience of you know going up the mountain and enjoying ourselves there at the resort. We really love the St. Regis. Another place that we like to stay is the New Park Hotel, which is right near Kimball Junction for any of you know that's the exit when you get off to Park City and we really like it because it's more of a condo style you can make it as small as a studio or as large as a couple of different bedrooms but it's also a, a totally different vibe there you're in a complex where there's restaurants shopping bowling all sorts of fun things to do and it's just a really nice sort of nouveau uh, fun place to be great great if you're particularly if you're taking kids it's great great place to be because there's so many things they can just go do right there. Um, on Main Street, a place we really love is Washington Schoolhouse. I'm going to call it a bed and breakfast, but that doesn't really do it justice. It's a small inn now. It's a small inn. It's an old schoolhouse that's been converted into a small inn, <laughs> but the decor and the feel and the, the sense of luxury that you get there, this isn't like your grandma's B&B. No. This is 21st century, new wave, beautiful, stunning decor B&B. And Jeff and I had stayed there not too long ago, but they had just finished, you know, after we stayed, a huge overhaul, brand new decor. They moved walls. They added a pool. And it is just, I love the place in the basement. There's just so many great things. And they always have really great breakfast. They have appetizers in the afternoon. And it's really intimate. I mean, they have anything from like one bedroom to like a private penthouse with its private elevator. And I think it's really fun because there's only, you know, a dozen or so people rooms. And you get to know the people that you're there with. And it's just a great experience. 
if you're not really locked into one place and you're kind of willing to stay at try different places, one thing you can do is go to Resorts West and we'll have their contact information at travelbrigade.com. They can find you condos at all three of the resorts. Not just or condos, houses. Houses. Yeah, five-bedroom houses, whatever you need for your trip. They, they've got it available. We mentioned the St. Regis over in Deer Valley. There are many other great options over in Deer Valley to go with. And we're going to be talking about those in our next interview, which is with not one but two people from Deer Valley. We're going to be talking with a mountain host, as well as someone who's going to talk about the dining and accommodations there in Deer Valley. Stay tuned. You're listening to Travel Brigade. We'll be right back. Not sure where to go, what to do, and where to sleep? Up next, hot hotels, unique activities, and top attractions in our destination city. Check it out. Welcome back to Travel Brigade. This is Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin with our weekly travel destination show in Park City, Utah. And one of the great resorts, not just in Park City, but nationwide, worldwide. It gets voted number one or recently number two in so many areas, and that is Deer Valley. There is so much to talk about with Deer Valley that we have not just one but two experts to talk about it. First, we're going to talk with Michael O'Malley about what is on the mountain. Then we're going to talk with Emily Summers about what is at the resort. So first, we've got Michael O'Malley here. He's a Deer Valley Mountain host. Welcome, Michael. Hey, thanks for having me. Hi, Michael. Tell us, what is a mountain host? Mountain host is is a concierge on skis in a lot of ways. Very nice. Uh, We we, uh, stand in front of trail maps and answer questions and give people directions. We also make recommendations on where they can have lunch. Uh, what's the best trail to, to ski? You name it. And, and then uh, secondarily, we are there to assist ski patrol on uh, certain situations. And also uh, the most fun part of the job is every day we have five free two-hour mountain tours of the mountain. So if you're new to Deer Valley and you've just shown up and you don't know where to go or what to do, is that what you would recommend? Absolutely. We have three intermediate tours a day. We stay on the Blue Groomers. And we have two expert tours where we show you the secret shots, the trees, the bowls, the bumps, and there's no better way to get oriented to the mountain. And you don't, you don't have to think. You can, you can just follow us, take our lead, and we'll, we'll teach you some of the tricks of navigating around the hill and what lifts are best at what time of the day and what trails are running well that day. It's a great way to, to see them out. Some of the best experiences in my life have involved people <laughs> telling me that I don't have to think. We can, we can help people achieve the Zen mind in a matter of hours. You guys just opened a new lift this year that's going to really increase the capacity up there. I am really excited about this. This is the Mountaineer Express. It's a high-speed quad. It's leaving sparks. It's going so fast. It is replacing the Deercrest six-grip lift that took about 12 minutes to climb 900 vertical feet over on Little Baldy. And Mountaineer Express is doing that in under three and a half minutes. You oh, can wow. get some great trails like Mountaineer itself uh, that are just fun. The views are spectacular. And I, I tell you, you can probably get more vertical on that little lift than, than believe. It, it's going to be – it's really opening up uh, or refreshing that half of the mountain. We know that you've been there at Deer Valley for, you know, seeing the history of it as as it's developed. And what is it that stood out about Deer Valley that makes people, you know, vote it number one all the time? Well, I think you look back at the history, it was started by Edgar Stern, who was a hotelier who ran several five-star hotels around the country. And he 
looked at the ski industry and said, you know, we can bring that same five-star service mentality to the uh, to the ski industry. And he really changed the paradigm back in 81 when we started. And even today, we are still putting the, the, the guest experience first and foremost in uh, every day, everything we do from the people who uh, serve your lunch to the mountain hosts all the way to probably the most important people, the, the folks who greet you when you drive up and they carry your skis from your car to the, to the ski rack. Another non-thinking activity on our part. Somebody's right there to help out. <laughs> Especially like some of us who've got kids and having all that extra equipment and everything. It's great to have somebody that's going to, you know, hop out and help us out. I've, I've seen moms and dads' faces just clear when they've, they've left the stress <laughs> of the airport behind and someone grabs their skis and helps them with their bags. Hey, tell us about all the events you have up there. I mean, obviously there's world-class skiing. We know the World Cup's there. Tell us about that. Well, the World Cup's really uh, coming up uh, in about a month. It's really our our own mini Olympics. We have um, moguls competition and aerials, uh, which, of course, we had during 2002, but we've been doing it every year since with the World Cup, seeing the same Olympic-level athletes. But what's amazing, this is a rock concert. You, you uh, park at Snow Park, take a very short uh, walk up to the, uh, the bandstand, if you will, and there's rock music blaring. And you are right on top of the competition. TV does not do justice to moguls and aerials. When you see what these athletes are doing, it is mind-blowing. And you're right there in the middle of it. That sounds like a lot of fun. Thank you so much for joining us, Michael. Hey, it was my pleasure, and we'll see you on the slopes. And now we're going to go from the slopes to the resort with Emily Summers. Hey, Emily, it's good to have you. Emily here from Deer Valley. We've just been talking to Michael O'Malley, your mountain host, as you call them there in Deer Valley. Yes, Mountain Host. We have a full-time staff that they're really good resources. When you see them at the top of the lifts or on the plaza, they know where the goods are for that day, what uh, trails you want to ski, which ones to lift powder, good resources to have. And what we'd love to talk with you about, Emily, is he told us everything on the mountain. Now that we're off the mountain at the end of the day, where do we eat, where do we stay, all of that good stuff. Yes, Deer Valley is known for their food. So we have 11 restaurants that are actually operated by the resort, including four evening restaurants. And they're so, I can't wait. We tell everyone, I don't even, can we start with Fireside? It's my favorite. Yes, so we can absolutely start <laughs> with Fireside. I kind of tell everyone, it is the epitome of a ski vacation. It's definitely, you have to try it out. It is located in our Empire Canyon Lodge, and it's modeled after like the, what we call as the locals' favorites of the European Alps. So if you are familiar with raclette cheeses, it's an amazing fondue cheese um, that actually melts by the heat of one of our five grand fireplaces, and the chefs serve you a plate of melted cheese, and then we have so many accompaniments like our homemade mustards, which I think is absolutely the place to start. Our fig mustard became so popular that we now have to bottle it and sell it online. And I want to explain, uh, too, that yeah. they, when you're talking about fondue, you're not talking about, like, a pot of melted. You're literally talking about the fireplace that it's melted by the heat of, of the actual well, fire. Well, the guy, the guy holds out the plate under this cheese and drips it onto your plate and yeah. then turns and hands it to you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's an interactive dining experience um, for the four courses there are five fireplaces that you will get up and move through, and you actually interact with the chefs, and they can tell you 
um, about their product that they spent the whole summer, you know, they travel and they, they hone their skills and they introduce something ev- new every year. And we're just talking about the first course with that raw cut cheese. Exactly. Yeah, so make sure you're really hungry. Um, then you move into our, what we call the stew room. And so there's always about four to five selections of stews there. And then other accompaniments like a roasty potato. The third fireplace is leg of lamb. That is quite the sight to see because as soon as the lodge closes from skiing about 3.30, 4 o'clock, the chefs string the lamb in front of the fire and the heat creates um, natural rotisserie. I felt like a Viking when I looked (laughs) over and saw all those lamb legs just hanging over the fire. I think there were several of them, if I remember correctly. And, and yeah, I felt uh, felt like a real true meat eater. Yeah, they carve it right there in front of you. And again, there's always um, a lot of side dishes. The menu, um, the main staples stay throughout the season, but all the side dishes do rotate throughout the week. And then my favorite, which it's not fair, they make you walk by it as you enter the restaurant, <laughs> is the um, dessert fireplace. And yes. that's a white chocolate, chocolate, and caramel fondue station with everything you can imagine to dip into those. And we should mention that before you get dessert, but in between the main course and dessert, you can book a sleigh ride, go out in a sleigh in the beautiful open air at night and take a little sleigh ride around and then come back in and have your warm dessert and your hot chocolate and coffee. It couldn't be a better (laughs) night. It really couldn't. It's just everyone loved it. The kids loved it. We loved it. And everyone still just chats about it all the time. It's like their favorite place to send everybody. Yeah, it's open Wednesday through Saturdays throughout the ski season. And we definitely recommend reservations in advance because it is quite a, a beautiful and unique experience. So it's very popular. And so jumping to a totally different type of food is your famous seafood buffet. Yes, the famous seafood buffet, that is in our Snow Park Lodge. And I, I don't know, I think maybe that becomes my favorite. I might be just a big seafood fan. <laughs> um, and if, you've, if people have been to that in the past, it's, it's a little bit new this year. We've remodeled the restaurant, um, the flow, and the, the way, it, again, it's another interactive restaurant. You get up, you interact with the chefs. There's a lot of stations. Crab legs. (laughs) (laughs) Crab legs, mounds and mounds of crab legs. There's always two kinds, two kinds of oysters, a sushi bar. Um, One of my favorites, again, is the the house-smoked salmon. And then there's the hot appetizers, a carvery, a main entree, and then you have to always remember at Deer Valley to save room for dessert. We call it the baker's dozen wall of dessert (laughs) at the seafood buffet. So I say you can't get back to the table with You have to have at least two. Well, what I really liked about it, too, is, you know, just at the stations like the fish, they're all, like, smaller, petite pieces so you can try. You know, you don't have to decide just on the ahi or just on the ono or, you know, you can try a couple of different things and not feel like you just had to make one choice, which I think is really fun, too. Yeah, portions definitely are – are made small, you can request doubles, but it's a great idea to kind of go and try everything and see what you like and go back. So tell us about some of your other restaurants there in Deer Valley. Our other restaurants, we have the Mariposa, which is located at our Silver Lake Lodge, and that is actually more of our fine dining restaurant. It's been continually rated number one for food by Zagat's Restaurant Guide for Salt Lake. And this year, we actually scored a 29 out of 30 for service, which we're very proud of. It's that intimate dining um, feel in our Silver Lake Lodge. It's definitely a smaller restaurant. And what's really unique about it is the menu has changed this year to be a, more of a small plate format. 
And so we suggest four to five courses. It's dining how our executive chef, Clark Norris, likes to dine. He's redesigned the menu to how he would go and try a restaurant. And I can tell you there's two dishes on there that I find to be an absolute can't miss, and that's the burrata salad, which is burrata, this mozzarella is just to die for, mm. and then our bison fillets. So you can tell what I'm partial to. <laughs> <laughs> so as you can tell, there's other places to eat there, but everything at Deer Valley, the food, you cannot go wrong. It's always delicious. And of course, we were just talking, there's so many great hotels that have been built up there at Deer Valley, plus what was already there and the lodging that you provide there. You just can't go wrong with the lodging either. And the last few years, they've added a St. Regis and a Montage, plus all of the Deer Valley accommodations. Tell us a little bit about those. Absolutely. So Deer Valley has a very, very large concentration of ski-in, ski-out accommodations. So if that's something you're looking for, um, in the last couple years, like you said, the St. Regis Deer Valley and Montage Deer Valley opened. Um, and then we also are home to Utah's only five-star, five-diamond hotel, which is the St. The St. Erickson Lodge at Silver Lake. And so those are three great options for hotels. But in addition, Deer Valley Resort manages about 400 condos, anything ranging from about a, a one-bedroom or hotel room to a six-bedroom private home. Again, majority of those are ski and ski out. So we kind of have something for everyone. If you're coming, you know, just as a couple or a multi-generational family, uh-huh. uh, DeerValley.com has 400 units to search through that can fit into what you need. And I'm sure they're all full. We have Sundance coming up very soon. <laughs> Well, there is definitely still some room for bookings, but Sundance is just that first weekend is looking pretty full. So that first weekend of Sundance always um, creates a challenge. If you don't need lodging in the Park City area, it is a great time to see. I know. People should go anyway without lodging. It's still a great, great time to come. <laughs> yeah, it's actually one of it's a peak part of the season for snowfall and less traffic on the mountain because most people are watching movies. We had heard that. We had heard that. Yeah. yeah. So tell us, Ski Magazine just recently came out. Park City did so well. Deer Valley did amazing. Tell us about some of the rankings there. Yes, this is the first time that all three resorts in Park City are in the top ten, so we're really excited about that as a town. Deer Valley Resort is number two resort overall. We just came off five years of being number one, kind of wondering which year that was up, but we are number two overall. And out of the 20 categories that the resorts across North America are ranked on, Deer Valley came in number one in six, which I just, it's so amazing. There's five categories that we're consistently number one in, and those are guest service, dining, on-mountain food, lodging, and grooming. And then this year, for the first time ever, we were ranked number one in family programs. And that's really exciting because we've done a lot of work for our children's programs and our beginner area in the yeah, last Yeah, tell us about years. that because, you know, we, we've worked with you before, and I know how much work you were doing last year, and that's got to be an accomplishment to feel like, you know, you put this work in and then it was recognized. Yeah, it seems like it's very well received. So at Deer Valley in our, our base area, which is called Snow Park, the learning run is wide west, and it is flanked by two chairlifts. It's kind of offset from the rest of the mountain, which is good. It keeps the, the other scare traffic away. But what it was kind of lacking is those conveyor belt lifts, those surface lifts is what they're called, that you, you don't have to, your feet don't really have to leave the ground. And what we did is put in three of those and gave up kind of a progression to building up to getting on the chairlift. Just made it a lot 
more user-friendly for that first-time skier and helping them get acquainted with their equipment and learning to start and stop and be stable on their skis before getting on a chairlift. The other great thing about where that is located is it's right behind our base lodge where we have our children's center, which is state licensed, and all of our kids' programs operate out of that lodge. So it's really convenient. It's a really great place to start your, your skiing experience and all of your lessons. It's, it's really easy now. So as you can see, being in Park City, the biggest challenge you have is making sure you have enough time to go to all the resorts, <laughs> try out lodging and go to all the Yeah, go to all the restaurants. It's, it's, it's a challenge, and it's such, you know, when it's they a, talk it's about... It's a great problem to have. It is a great problem mm-hmm. to have, but, I mean, it really is, it could really keep you busy all season, which we're not even talking about off-season. This is in the middle of ski season, but such a great place. We love Deer Valley. It's a fun place to visit, great place to eat. Thank you so much, Emily, for spending time with us today. Thank you so much. You're listening to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. We'll be right back. You're listening to Travel Brigade with Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin. You can follow them on Twitter, like them on Facebook, and check out their website at TravelBrigade.com. Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry here with my co-host Jeff Griffin here in the lovely, beautiful, white and snowy Park City. Of course, we've talked about Sundance and the skiing, I mean, because it's world famous for those two things. However, there's also a ton of other great things to do here in this town. We want to go through some of those with you. I've admitted it more than once. I'm a California girl who loves the snow, but I spend a lot of time off the slopes. Off the slopes and in the spas. The spas is one. Yes, I do love the spas here in Park City. There are a few of my favorites. You're not going to be surprised. The Golden Door Spa at the Waldorf is such a great experience. You could spend the, well, not could, I did spend the entire day there enjoying myself, enjoying my treatment, enjoying the common rooms. I had lunch. I had this treatment called the Lavender Zen, and it just, it was zenful. There's also a great spa at the Westgate Resort, which is there at the canyons as well. They have a really fun waterfall jacuzzi pool. I really like the St. Regis. They've got great treatments. I did this really fun oxygen facial there one time, which was was really great. Well, they've got a beautiful relaxation room that you go afterwards. It's a co-ed relaxation room that you can go to afterwards if you're getting a couple's treatment or anything like that. Yeah, it's really good. And it's the only spa I know that makes handmade chocolate truffles there in the relaxation room. You can have your cup of joe, cup of tea, ice water, cucumber water, whatever you want, and a handmade truffle. Can't beat it. Cannot beat it. Another interesting one is the Sky Lodge because they have an Asian theme and they have those kabuki baths that you can sit in and relax. Very fun. Very relaxing. But there's tons of other things to do, even though I do love to spend some time in the spa. One of my other favorite things to do, especially when we have the whole crew together, is to go to Jupiter Bowl. It's a great bowling alley. It's really fun. It's kind of a cross between a cool restaurant, a cool bar, and a bowling alley. They have huge, big-screen TVs where they've got Wii up there. They have neon lights. They've got great restaurants. You could order sliders and truffle fries and all sorts of really fun and crazy things, martinis, everything you want there at Jupiter Bowl. And they've got video games for the kids. So it's really kind of this really well-rounded, fun place to go. It's a fun place you can take the kids, but you don't have to feel like you're 
slum in it or anything. It's, no, and you it's don't have to take the kids, yeah. high-end place, yeah, and where you can get some great food, great drinks, and everything like that. I really loved doing the Park City Ghost Tour when we were last up there. It was spooky. And took a couple of the mini-me's, had a great time. Yeah, you, thanks. They couldn't sleep that night. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, you, whether you come out believing in ghosts or not, I can't guarantee. What I can guarantee is that you'll come out having been entertained. The presenters, the guides are terrific. They put on a great show, tell you some great stories, take you around Main Street. And it really got me thinking. About ghosts? About whether or not I believe in ghosts. <laughs> but that's a whole other show. We'll do paranormal travel. Yes. <laughs> I went with the Minimis and tried a new new fun thing at Park City. It's right there on Main Street. It's called the Paint Mixer. And you're wondering to yourself, what is the Paint Mixer? Well, so did I. So we went in. It's actually a place where you can take a class and from start to finish, create your own painting. And on top of that, Jeff, what? Do some wine tasting. So it's actually kind of some wine tasting. And you can actually go on their calendar, Paint Mixer, and we'll have their website on our, our website, TravelBrigade.com. You can check out the different projects that they do, and you literally start with a canvas, a blank canvas. They give you everything you need, the brushes, the canvas, the paint. They give you step-by-step instructions, and you actually walk out with your own piece of art. Yours is for sale on eBay, isn't it? It is. It's a remarkably high price. <laughs> You know, Park City was the site for the bobsled, the luge, the skeleton, and also the ski jumping. The Olympic Park that was used there in 2002 is still there, and there are a lot of fun things to do there. One thing you can do, you can actually have a bobsled driver take you down the bobsled track. You can also learn about the other sports and even try the other sports if you want to set up lessons or appointments. And I ski jump on the side, by the way. <laughs> Just a little flip here and there. And there is a, a museum there about the Olympics, and then there's also a tour you can do where they uh, show you around. So that's that's another great option. Another place we like to go is Blue Sky Ranch, which is run by Blue Sky Adventures. We've gone horseback riding with them there at their ranch. It's a really beautiful place. It's called Blue Sky Ranch for a reason. You look up, and it's gorgeous. They also do lots of other great winter activities. They have dog sledding. They go sleigh riding. They have Nordic skiing. Lots of other great things that you can do, totally different than being there in the downtown area. Fun place to go. They'll take care of you. Even if you don't ski, if you can't find something fun to do in Park City... You crazy. Then the problem isn't Park City, the problem is you. <laughs> and if you really can't find anything to do, you can always eat. Yeah. Coming up, we've got an interview with Ted Scheffler, who is a food critic for City Weekly. That is a paper in Salt Lake City. However, he covers the whole area, including Park City. He's been doing it for years, knows the Park City restaurants. And we're going to talk with him about those coming right up. You're listening to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. Check out our website, TravelBrigade.com, or follow us on Twitter at Travel Brigade. We'll be right back. You're going to get a little hungry when you're traveling the globe. Whether it be fine dining, a regional specialty, or a small local street cart, you gotta eat. Next up, you gotta eat. Mmm, good. Welcome back. You're listening to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry here with my co-host Jeff Griffin in my favorite segment of our show, always, You Gotta Eat. 
And you got to eat when you get to Park City because there are so many great places to choose from. For a ski town, the number of choices is just astounding. We have got with us Ted Scheffler, who has been writing the food and wine column for nearly 20 years for City Weekly. He has seen all the restaurants come and go in Park City over the years, and so we're really glad to have him here to tell us more about the restaurants. Welcome, Ted. Uh, Sure. Thanks for having me. Tell us the Main Street, the resorts, there's other areas around this this beautiful city. Tell us about some of the areas we should hit. For instance, Main Street, uh, what are some places you really like that are up and down Main Street? Boy, there's uh, you know there's an abundance of riches on Main Street and uh, sort of all over Park City. But uh, I guess Main Street is sort of you know when I think of uh, Park City and especially Old Town, you know that's that's where the sort of uh, high end restaurant scene sort of began there. I think especially with like Bill White's restaurants, you know he he sort of he sort of uh, launched the ship I guess with uh, Grappa at the top of Main Street, which is a great Italian restaurant and. Now his empire has expanded to, you know, he's got Chimayo and Wasso and Windy Ridge and Gadabi's out at the junction, and all of those are great restaurants. The ones on Main Street are Wasso and Chimayo, and those are just the Bill White restaurants, but they're all they're all really excellent restaurants. And, you know, there's, well, you can't kind of swing a dead cat by the tail without hitting a really good restaurant <laughs> on Main Street. There's, uh, you know, there's Shabu is one of my favorites. That's a great one. Um you know, 350 Main is really good. They've got a new chef there now, and um, I think that place is kind of uh, seeing a little bit of a renaissance. And, of course, same thing with Zoom. They recently uh, um, hired a new executive chef, and that place is really rocking. Yeah, we were so, just recently uh, yeah. at Zoom, and just, you know, it kind of gets overlooked because it's been there for a while, and we just had such mm-hmm. a great Great experience. Everything was so, so good. Yeah. Uh, you know, another place that I think that's maybe overlooked a little bit is, uh, or maybe they kind of fly a little under the radar, but that's uh, Yuki Arashi. Yuki Arashi just kind of uh, has been blowing me away, not just with their sushi, which is really excellent, but with some of their cooked dishes and their presentations are just absolutely gorgeous. And that's there on Main Street as well. I haven't heard of that yeah, one. Yeah, that's another uh, another restaurant on Main Street, and uh, um, you know it's it's one of my favorites. It's an Asian restaurant, and uh, like I said, really really great sushi. But uh, um, they have a little bit of everything, you know. And uh, so yeah, there are a lot of good places. The same people that own Yuki Arashi also own a fairly new restaurant called Al Dante, which uh-huh. is also very good. It's where uh, John Louis used to be, if you remember that restaurant down at sort of at the bottom of Main Street. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the the last couple of restaurants we hit when we were up there was Silver, which we thought was really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a eye-popping place. I mean, they they, they spend a lot of Silver, I think, in <laughs> that place. I mean, it is, uh, it is really like eye candy. You know, it's just a gorgeous restaurant and, and great food to go with it. And then another place we tried is Talisker on Main, which was, was really funny because we went there, and I thought, what a compliment, because we walked by and listened to, you know, other people talking about the food and saying things like, I'd love to recommend something, but every time I come, it's different, and everything's good. Right, right. Yeah, that's, um, I'm glad you mentioned that, because that's another one of my favorites. And Talisker, both the, the Talisker on Main and also the Elisker restaurants at the Canyons Resort are just, they're just like knocking it out of the park these days. You know, they have a, a great lineup of restaurants and chefs. So, um, you know, you can't really go wrong with any of the Talisker restaurants. You know, speaking of which, moving over to Canyons, the Bistro, I mean, how unique in Park City of all places. 
Yeah, there's that, and there's, uh, you know, also we're talking about Talisker. I mean, there's the the farm, um, right. which oh, great is place. Yeah. A, a really terrific restaurant where you know they try to source most of their most of their products and ingredients locally, and they 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 have a rule where they try to not serve anything that came from more than a hundred miles from Park City, and uh, which is a pretty cool thing. But the food's really great there, and uh, you know they have all sorts of stuff going on. They have a, a, a kosher restaurant um there a little kosher uh, eatery right and, that's what I, yeah um, that's the bistro is that right that's the place you're yeah. talking about yeah, so that's uh, yeah what I guess we just are so fascinated not just by i mean i i used to live in new york city and of course you know there was great you know a good deli down the street if you needed one but there's mm-hmm. nothing like that this is you know some high-end really amazing you know kosher food the rabbis there on staff it's it's just it's such a great experience especially being here in utah yeah, that, yeah, right. It, it shouldn't be confused with a, a Jewish deli. Yeah, exactly. And I think <laughs> a lot of people that. are like, oh, yeah, I get a good pastrami sandwich there. And I'm like, no, right. not. <laughs> yeah, you, have to go to, you have to go to a new place called Feldman's in uh, Salt Lake City for that. Oh, I was just coming in another place at, at the canyons that I, I ate at recently, which uh, I really didn't know about. It It's called Escala Provisions Company, and it's um, it's at the Hyatt there, um, oh, okay. the Hyatt Escala Resort. And um, one of the nice things about this place is it's really, really a nice-looking restaurant. It's very modern. It, it's really – the de- decor and ambiance is really great. But the prices aren't typically Park City prices. It's priced a lot lower than the, than most restaurants, oh. most of the resort restaurants and most of the Main Street restaurants, too. So really good food, nice ambiance. It's sort of, sort of budget prices, so great place to take the family, and that's Escala Provisions Company, it's called. Yeah, and the Hyatt Escala is kind of on the side of the resort, so that's kind of a fun mm-hmm. place. What about uh, yeah, moving over really to good. Deer Valley? What are some of your and, and Park City Mountain? Any any other ones you'd recommend that are at the resorts? Yeah, well, Deer Valley has you know sort of also another. It's another one of those places with an abundance of riches. I mean, you know, there's everything from their grocery cafe. It's called Deer Valley Grocery and Cafe, where you can get sort of snacks and tapas type of foods and that to stuff to take home to your condo or your house or your hotel room or whatever. Um, you, you can buy booze there. You can buy, you know, all sorts of things and um, to go and heat up and whatnot. And uh, so that's a great place. And then, um, you know, I really like uh, Mariposa Restaurant, which is up at Silver Lake, sort of mid-mountain. And uh, they've actually changed their menu this year to a, a small plates kind of menu. And so... Uh, um, instead of getting one big plate piled high, you know, with one thing, you sort of they're they're encouraging people to sort of sample different different uh, different sorts of flavors, you know. And uh, if you want to double or triple the size of your your you know your plate, you can. But right. um, but they've gone to a small plates menu, and then uh, the seafood buffet at Deer Valley is always fantastic. We I mean, were just, just there. Um, it is really <laughs> oh man, mind-boggling assortment yeah. of everything from hot food to shellfish, oysters on the half shell, sushi, you know, everything from soup to nuts. And uh, Yeah, I was just telling thing- Emily from Deer Valley, I love that the portions are nice, like small plate portions of the fish, so you don't have to feel like, oh, I'm just going to try the Ono, oh, or I'm just going to try the, you know, the different types of fish. You can actually sample a few different ones, and they're really great. Right. I just have to pace myself because I usually kind of go crazy with the yeah. uh, with the, <laughs> the chilled seafood and the oysters. <laughs> yeah, I hear, I hear you. One place we've really liked is High West Distillery, which is just off of Main Street. 
and it's operating whiskey distillery. And one thing we like about it is there's kind of this myth that you can't get a good drink in Utah or you can't, you can't get any drinks in Utah. <laughs> and you write a wine column every week. Tell us, you know, where's some good places to find wines up there or or other spirits. Yeah, well, I mean, just about every place in Park City you can drink. And, and, you know, places like Silver and the Deer Valley restaurants we talked about and the Bill White restaurants all have, you know, really, really good wine lists. And But they also do cocktails. And, you know, I, I'm glad you mentioned High West because for people who might not know, I mean, Whiskey Dave, I call him, but uh, Whiskey Dave Perkins, the founder of High West, you know, he's he's won national awards and international acclaim for his Utah-made whiskeys, you know. And I remember I wrote about High West once and called it sort of an adult fun zone because <laughs> it is just a blast. It's sort of a it's it's sort of a maze. It's on all these different levels, and there there are at least like five different bars I think tucked away here and there, and. Uh, and also great food from the chef, whose name is uh, James Dumas. Well, it's fun, too. We've been to, like, you know, the St. Regis does their specialty Bloody Mary with their vodka, and I think mm-hmm. the Waldorf does a specialty drink with their vodka. So it's really fun to go around town and see, you know, the restaurants and hotels doing specialty drinks with this local whiskey or vodka they have. Right, and another really nice bar that I like to sort of settle in at with, uh, you know, really, really uh, talented mixologists is uh, going back over to the canyons is the uh, slopes at the Waldorf Astoria. Oh, yes. that's, a, that's a really great bar. And in fact, they just opened up a new place at slopes, which is it's um, the ice bar and uh, the ice lounge. And they've actually got furniture made of ice. The bar is carved out of ice. Oh, and wow. you sit around, sit around sipping champagne in, uh, in furry robes and stuff. So and pretty, if you need something to warm you up, I, I love hear. their buffalo chili, too. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's great. <laughs> well, Ted, this is the other thing is there's lots of high-end restaurants. Where are the little local spots that locals like to go to that might not be the big bling-bling restaurants, but those little places around town that you would pick out? Well, you know, there, there are a few spread around. I think um, I, one of my favorite places is called Good Karma. Oh, and it's love sort that of place. It's in the, yeah, it's a, a great Indian restaurant in the uh, – in the uh, prospector area, and so that's that's a really good yeah, it's place. It's one of those places we we never would have noticed it, or if if a local hadn't told us about it. Yeah, and the chai right. is amazing. The food we just kept we're like we couldn't decide, so we kept getting the big platters. But yes, please go on. It's great. <laughs> right, so that's a that's a that's one place, and kind of in the same area, there's uh, one of Hans Fugi's restaurants. He's been it's been around forever, called the Grub Steak, and uh-huh. it's a it's a really good a family you know restaurant if you if you want a nice piece of meat or something. And then out at the Junction too, out at the Redstone and Kimball Junction, there are a few good places. You know, you can you can always have a a craft brewed beer at Red Rock Brewery out there and get right. a burger. And uh, there's a uh, I really like uh, Maxwell's. They do pizza. I was um, going to say, I'm is, from New York, and I actually think they do a pretty darn good New York-style pizza. They do. There. It's called yeah. the Fat Kid Pizza, and uh, it's really, really good pizza. I'm pretty picky, too, because I lived in New York for 13 years. <laughs> if and you can so, do the Brooklyn uh, Bend, right? You're probably... <laughs> right. <laughs> so I know a pizza. And then, uh, you know, also Bill White has yet another new restaurant that recently opened out in uh, in Redstone called Sushi Blue, and that's a, that's a great place. Uh, to stop in and you can just get you know you can you could just get a 
a sushi roll if you like or a big bowl of ramen soup or something like that and uh, so that's another great place there's uh, another pretty good pizza place out out in Kimball Junction too called uh, Park City I think it's just called Park City Pizza oh, okay. um and I like uh, I like what they do quite a bit too well as you can see there is so much to eat here so ski get yourself hungry and then just make sure you hit all these different places while you're in town Ted thank you so much for joining us today my pleasure You're listening to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. We'll be right back. They don't always agree, but they always seem to have their reasons. Next up, Travel Brigade's countdown of their favorites from this week's show on He Said, She Said. Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry here with my co-host, my cold co-host, Jeff Griffin. And we have come to that point in the program where we have to do the seemingly impossible. We look at this destination and all of the wonderful things to do and try, and we have to narrow it down to three favorites each. It's a Herculean task. Because <laughs> we like everything. Yes. <laughs> so he said, she said, she said goes first. As a self-professed, almost non-skier, I spend a lot of times not on the slopes. But that does not mean that I do not like to be in a winter wonderland and have the winter wonderland vacation. And one of the things I love to do is tubing at Gorgoza Park. Yeah, that's great because, again, as we talked about earlier, you don't have to worry about getting up the hill. No, just they take, take your care tube, of that. Yeah, you get on the magic carpet. And when you get to the bottom, you can just go get hot chocolate. That's right, and go back up again. It's effortless. My number three is walking up and down Main Street during Sundance. It's just one of those things where you just have to go experience it. You've heard about it. You've heard people talk about it. Pretty much everything you've heard about it is true, and it's one of those things you've just got to go try and just soak in the atmosphere. It's true. Whether you're listening to somebody make a deal about the next movie they're going to make or seeing people like Jack Black, P. Diddy, my favorite, Colin Farrell. Yeah, I think you uh, called me and... Uh, well, I prepared the divorce papers. <laughs> Colin and I, we had a moment. He looked at me, I looked at him, I was like, mm. And then I I called my divorce lawyer. You'll never love like that again. I'll never love like that again. (laughs) (laughs) But it is a really, uh, it's just a fun, fun time. Now, you talked about what you like to do on the slopes and being in the winter, but what about when you get out of the cold? Where do you like to be? Baby, you don't even have to ask me. Everyone here should know, I love the spas. And I don't really care where, (laughs) I love them. But Park City has some of the finest, some of the finest. And I will say it's a toss-up for me between the St. Regis and the Golden Door Spot, the Waldorf. They're both pristine. They're both amazing. And I could literally spend an entire day there and just feel so relaxed, getting a treatment, reading the paper, whatever. It's I love it. Do you ever get so relaxed that it's almost spooky? Ah, no. I got spooked in a good way on the Park City Ghost Tour, and that's why it's my number two for He Said, She Said. It was just a lot of fun and really made you think, and it was an entertaining evening. It was great. Do you believe in ghosts now? 
it's that's a tough question. That's a whole other show. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go to my number one, and this also should not surprise people. So I'm going to just I'm going to give you the picture in your head. Beautiful, clear, snowy night. Dressed to the hilt in your beautiful long coat with your fur or fake fur if you're that way, and a family gathering walking into what? Fireside dining. I think it is the quintessential winter vacation experience. It's like a winter wonderland. You get all dressed up, you go up to the lodge, you start eating at all these different fireplaces where literally you are eating food from the fire pit. And I'm not talking about Dutch oven cooking here. I'm talking about literally legs of lamb on the fire, cheese melting off the fire where you can have your appetizers, chocolate melting off. And then what tops it off? You can go on a sleigh ride while you're there. We chose to do it in between our last course and dessert. Went on this great sleigh ride, got the mini-me's out on the sleigh, the horses were drawn on this beautiful winter night. It's it's picturesque. Yeah, I was just going to say, I, f- I felt like I was in a postcard a or movie, in a, yeah. a Norman Rockwell painting. Well, or it was some- a Sundance movie. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Yeah, it's beautiful. Another beautiful vista is taking the funicular, yeah, you heard me, funicular, up to the St. Regis. Beautiful view on the way. And then I just love hanging out up there, getting their signature Bloody Mary. I was going to say, it's all about the Bloody Mary the, or, with the wasabi foam. Yes. Or going there, if you go there at the beginning of the evening, they saber a bottle of champagne mm-hmm. open. All the, all the St. Regis traditions are there, sitting there right on the mountain where you can hang out, watch people come in from the ski hill, everything like that. Great place to hang out. You know what? Do you know where you can find yourself an extra few hundred dollars really easily so you can go out and do some of these things? Well, yeah, my bookie. (laughs) No, a legal way, a legal way. Oh, okay. Well, you can ski for free in Park City. Park City's Visitors Bureau has this program where you ski for free your first day with your airline ticket. We'll put the information on our website, travelbrigade.com. What you have to do is register. You take an early morning flight take your boarding pass, and it becomes your ski ticket for the day at not just Park City Mountain Resort, not just canyons, not just Deer Valley, but all resorts. So you can pick which resort you want to ski in for free the day you come in. But make sure you register ahead of time. You can't just show up with the boarding pass. you got to register first. It's an amazing deal. You can't be free. No, you can't be free. And remember that if you do that, you can literally be off the plane, and onto the slopes within an hour That's if, right. if you work it right. That's right. So check it out. We love Park City. This brings us to the end of our show. It's one of our great favorite towns here in Utah. We love it. We love the people up there. We love the hotels, the spas, the restaurants. It's just it's it's a place we know well. But adventure calls and we must answer. That is true. <laughs> and as much as we hate to do so, we've got to check out of Park City and get on to our next destination. Make sure you join us next week to find out where that is. In the meantime, there are two stages in life. You're either on a trip or you're planning your next trip. Whatever stage you're in, make sure you join us next week for the Travel Brigade radio show. Make sure you check out our website, TravelBrigade.com, like us on Facebook, or follow us on Twitter at Travel Brigade. Talk to you next week. Enjoy the trip. You have been listening to Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin on Travel Brigade. 
Connect with them on Facebook, Twitter and at TravelBrigade.com.